Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You are listening to Nick Ish. You got your boys Mo, Faiz, and Dean here. The Knicks have done it. They have had done a trade, uh, and we're pretty we're pretty psyched about it. We're going to talk all about it in this episode uh, and some other updates, injuries, and such. But you know, we get we got time for it. Make sure you check out our website, nickdashish.com. Copy yourself some Nickish gear. Again, plenty of games left to ten. Uh, why not ten one of the games while wearing Nickish? I mean, it's the freshest gear in the market right now. Uh, an alternative, subtle way to show your Knicks fanhood. Check out our Instagram and Twitter at NickishNYC. Bring my guy, Faiz. What is going on, man? How are you feeling tonight? I feel content. Like, I feel really peaceful. And it's, it's just so crazy to have something happen where the NBA landscape sh- is shaken up. And, like, you come out of it on the other side feeling very serene, calm. Like, this is, like, a brand new feeling to me. I've never had a trade deadline where I'm not, like where's the move what's happening like what's going on and you know i got that notification from bleacher report with 30 minutes left like 30 minutes left on the trade deadline and i'm just like my Knicks took care of me i'm taking care of i'm watching lakers fans warriors fans everyone panicking man it's a good day to be a Knicks fan it feels like you never see trades like this where it's it seems like unanimously the knicks have fleeced the detroit pistons you know they, they made a team a deal with the the worst team in that NBA. so I, I feel pretty good how you feeling, Dean? I seen uh, I seen you get up and tweeting about about uh, you know what was going on, and I, you know seen some some likes, a lot of likes from from you those tweets. Yeah, I've never seen a trade this one sided. I think for the Knicks, unless I'm totally blanking, um, completely in the Knicks' favor. Give up Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier finally is freed, although now he has to play for the Pistons, and Ryan Archidiakono. Two second round picks. I think those were in 27 and 29. You know, so future second rounders. Um, I don't lose sleep over second rounders, no matter the case. I think it's insane that we've acquired a lot of people are making this point, but it's insane to have acquired OG Ananobi, Alec Burks, and Boyan Bogdanovich without giving up a single first. Obviously, RJ quickly and Grimes, those were our young guys. We had put a lot of stock in them. Um, but I'm sure we'll get into it. Uh, I had kind of lost some faith in Quentin Grimes, at least develop. Like, he's still a useful player, really good defender. He does hit the three, but I lost faith in him growing into, like, a special kind of talent. Didn't really see him as a starter. Like, at the time when he got moved from the starting lineup in favor of DiVincenzo, I was in favor of it, and that was before we knew that DiVincenzo could explode like he has recently. Uh, but what do you, what are you guys' first thoughts on the trade? Yeah, I mean... You guys, you guys mentioned it just top to bottom, Knicks, Knicks favor. The Knicks clearly won this without giving up a single first round pick. It looks like this front office is ready to execute and they're they're all in. I mean, just a year ago, the the average age of the team was so much younger. And now we have a couple of 30 year olds that's joined the team. And we have a lot of these players that are in their primes right now. And it looks like we're we're all in right now to go the mile. And they checked all the boxes of what we need. I mean, we need a backup guard for Brunson and came Alec Burks, ton of history between Burks, this coaching staff and this team. 
And we have Boyan Bogdanovich, who's averaging 20 points a game on this sad Pistons team. But he's a very capable player, has a ton of history himself in the playoffs with the Jazz. And he he knows what's needed to to win. And he does, he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He's able to do a lot of things on the court. He's able to dish out the ball, score points. He's shooting over 40% from the three while averaging over 20 points per game. One of, I think, three players, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me. There's only three or so players in the NBA that are, that are doing that, and he's one of them. And he's going to check in. Uh, he's going to check a lot of boxes. He's going to fit in seamlessly to this team. So doing this while giving up only Grimes and Arch Diacono, who's still on his journey to score his first point this season, um, it's going to – it's it's a – I don't know how they pulled it off, but they were able to do it. And the, the Pistons are where they are for a very clear reason, and the Knicks took advantage of it again. It feels like not too long ago that was Steve Mills on the other side making these types of deals, man. It feels so crazy to be on the other side of this and like like you guys said, you know, have everyone uh tout the Knicks as such a competent organization under under Leon Rose. But um I want to go like a step further and talking about how this was such a cerebral move from this front office, considering we get the news that OG's injury is a little bit more serious than what we had actually thought. Um I think since he's been out of the lineup, uh, he was, was he was day to day, and it was saying it was for elbow inflammation. But some news came out from the Knicks camp saying, uh, like specifically, I have Ian Begley saying that it was a successful surgery to remove uh, a loose bone fragment from his right elbow, and he's going to be reevaluated in about three weeks. So when you're looking at uh, such an important guy who basically turned around the Knicks season, being out for so long, basically going to be out altogether for about four to five weeks. I want to say altogether. Um, like, what's the next move? How do you? keep the flame going from such a good regular season. That's where Leon Rose comes in and turns someone like Dean mentioned Grimes, who we have some faith in, but like, let's be honest. We didn't see him make the big leap. Like we, he shows a lot of heart and that's why, you know, we were able to get value out of him as a, a trade asset, but you were able to add two guys who are basically shooting above 40% from three from the last few years on not like low attempts or anything. These guys are both taking like five, six, seven uh, threes a game over the last few years and making close to 40%. I think Alec Burke specifically, since he was on the Knicks is making more than 40%. And like Mo mentioned, like these are both like Swiss army knife type of players who could um, dish the ball a little bit, do some rebounding. So uh, a lot of respect to Leon Rose because you always hear this saying, like, get this guy some help. Like, oh, Luka Doncic, he's a generational player. Get him some help. Get him a real team around him. And it feels like the Knicks front office have, rec have has recognized that Jalen Brunson has made a really big leap this year where he might be, like, at the back end of an MVP conversation for, from a lot of, like, the moves that the Knicks are making. So making this move to get that guy help, get him shooters that the Knicks clearly are, are needing, like, you can see – how they've been struggling in the last few games without guys like Randall and OG in the lineup uh, struggling, meaning they, you know, they only lost one game, but it's still struggling. You got to be preemptive hats off to Leon Rhodes and company for coming out like bandits coming out like thieves uh, in the night from this, from this trade. I'm, I'm so happy to be on the side of this. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to see the Pistons angle of this. They definitely could have gotten first round pick or more for Bogdanovich specifically in the last couple of years. It hasn't made sense to hold on to him. For quite a while now, they've been trying to avoid having the worst record of all time, but that's, that's a pretty vain reason. They're leading more into it now. Like... Yeah, they're still looking at it. So um, shout out to Malachi Flynn. Gave us some good minutes last game. Very quick run on the Knicks. Evan Fournier broke the Knicks single season three-point record. Shout out to him. He had one 
solid year. Even in that year, though, his lack of defense was like an eyesore. And <laughs> you know, no one was like, oh my God, we got our best shooter ever. It was more like, ah, this guy. So <laughs> um Malachi is definitely gonna go down as like one of those Knicks you see in like Twitter posts and TikToks, like you're a real Knicks fan if you remember, and then they show the picture of Malachi Flynn, and everyone in the comments is like, "Is that Dante Divincenzo? Like, what's going on?" Like, <laughs> he's gonna be the trivia guy. That's that's yeah. Perfect. <laughs> you know which player went from the Raptors to the Knicks to the Pistons to the <laughs> Malachi Flynn? <laughs> yeah, yeah so... I mean the the team itself. I mean, they continue the trend of having team friendly contracts. I mean. Boyan Bogdanovich is going to be a free agent after this season. So you use him to the best of your abilities this year in the playoffs and, you know, try to really make that run for it. And, you know, in, in whatever case, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. If he likes what he, what he has with the team, then ideally he resigns for a much smaller contract. And he's making about $22 million now. He's not really a $22 million player going forward. So, I mean, Again, another another angle to this is kind of the kind of contract that contracts that this team is full of, and uh, I mean I'm I'm fucking with that. I don't know what yeah, Alex's contract is. He's actually under he's, contract he's, for next year at 19 million. Yeah, is he? Yeah. Oh, which yes. I think that's that's, that's a huge reason Knicks. I would say they made the deal. Yeah, because the Knicks want that salary slot. Like they didn't want to lose. You know, they were even considering picking up Fournier's option just so they would have that salary to trade. Uh, Bogdanovich is older. He's like 34, 35. But, you know, I'd say he's with the way contracts are in the league now. I don't think that's a bad number for him. If we did keep him next year, 19 million, we're going to see how he fits in with this team. An important piece uh, of the puzzle here that I'm seeing some people bring up is that he's insurance for Randall. Like, you know, Randall has completely just gone to hell every time we've been in the playoffs with him. And um, not that I think Tibbs would ever bench him, but we have another option now. I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy to say that Bogdanovich at the four straight up might just be a cleaner fit, like a more Randall's the better player, but Bogdanovich just fits so easily. Um, I don't think he's any worse defensively than Randall is. And that shooting just opens up a lot. And um I think we should talk about what getting Bogdanovich and Burks means for the lineups right now that we're banged up, and then what it means for the lineups at full strength. So uh, right for now, I would say Bogdanovich being able to play that starting four is huge, unless they stick with Precious at the four and play Bogdanovich at the three. Obviously, we know the backcourt is going to be Brunson and DiVincenzo. Brunson probably will only miss a game or two here. So I think I personally would want to see Brunson, DiVincenzo, Burks, or Burks or Hart at the three, Bogdanovich and Hardenstein for the time being, and, and Deuce stays prominently in the rotation. The crazy thing here is at full strength now, looks like Deuce and Precious both are going to get squeezed out of this rotation. That's how deep the Knicks have just become. So we'll, we'll map that out really quick. That would look like at full strength, let's say the Knicks are starting Jalen Brunson, DiVincenzo, OG, Randall, Mitch, or Hartenstein. It's going to be either one of them. And then the backups, Alec Burks, Josh Hart, who am I forgetting? You know, Hardenstein or Mitch, whichever other center. You said Bogdanovich, not for the start. And Bogdanovich. Right? I forgot yeah. about Bogdanovich. Right. Bogdanovich, right. Yeah. And then 
Tibbs probably isn't going to play 10. So that's nine guys. Nine, so yeah, realistically. You got Deuce, Precious, and Sims, who have all had like really good run, especially Deuce and Precious, just out on the outside looking in. I mean, this Knicks team is really deep. And yeah, but it's always... Before, Go ahead. Yeah, I think Mo said before, like, Knicks are going all in to win a championship. It's crazy that going all in right now could happen without giving up a first-round pick. Like, it's like, all right, well, we're not trading a first-round pick under any circumstances, but we're still good enough, and we're still good enough at making trades that we can make a move toward trying to be a contender. Like, the Knicks are probably the fourth or fifth favorite for the title right now. Obviously, they're not, like, a front-runner contender. But this is a team that's won 10 of their last 11 that just absolutely fleeced the team at the deadline. There's just a lot to look forward to. It's not fair, man. It's not fair for the league. <laughs> it's crazy to be this. Is this real life? Is this happening where we're actually saying? Hey, man. There's, a lot, there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more to come. We, we can't. I don't want to jump the gun on anything. I don't want, like, I don't want either, but we're we're in a knock on wood good position. What, what Dean said was a fact. We did win 10 out of 11. Another fact yes. is that our team did just get better. That's all. That's all yes. we need to say. Yeah, I mean, I think you're 100% right. I think uh, no matter what, your Jalen Brunson and Dante DiVincenzo are going to be our starting backcourt. I think they have too much chemistry to break that apart. Um, but I think – I think, I feel like Tibbs is going to end up going up with someone like Josh Hart, especially with Bogdanovich, who has like – sometimes can be a little bit of iffy defense. I think you're going to want um, someone who can defend like Josh Hart out there. So I feel – but I do think like – one of those guys is going to start where I think Bogdanovich, like one of these guys, one of our new players is going to have to step up because, like, even t- tonight when we were playing against the Mavs, like, we're missing a lot of players with through injuries. Like, yes, there's a lot to be hopeful for, but, you know, we also have to remember the reality that right now in front of us, we do have a few injuries. So some of the minutes are going to have to be made, made up by a guy like Boyan and whatnot. So um, I, I, I'm excited to see Alec Burks come off the bench. Like, I feel like this is going to be fun. Like, I actually really liked Alec Burks in his Knicks tenure. I thought he really revived his career with the Knicks. Even some like some moments on the Pistons where he was just doing great there. But um, it's just unfortunate that he had to be the starting point guard. And it's so awesome that we get to say we went from him being our starting point guard to now we have Jalen Brunson. And, like, you know, even last year, if you think about it, this whole time, the backup uh, power forward for Julius Randle has been Obi Toppin. So now you're you're moving from Obi Toppin to Precious to Bullion. That upgrade happened so quickly. And I feel like a lot of the moves we've seen Tibbs use uh, Precious in, like, I feel like I've seen Precious take a lot of threes in the last few games, and I'm like, what was going on there? I didn't really understand that. But now I feel like it could be because Tibbs is preparing to add a guy like Boyan because you put uh, Boyan in the positions that Precious was in, sometimes open on the three, he's knocking those down. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. your power forward needs to shoot threes in this day and age. Yeah. Hardenstein and Mitch are on three-point shooters. Sims obviously isn't a three-point shooter. Bogdanovich just just fits better. I mean, like Precious has been playing really, really well, but I still wasn't comfortable just penciling him in as the backup four because he's not a shooter. I mean, we've seen him. I think he's maybe two for 17 from three on the Knicks. Shot doesn't look broken or anything, but it's just not going in. And uh, I want to see how you guys feel about this. Some people are suggesting that Bogdanovich would, at full strength, would simply start at the three and move Ananobi to the two. I think that's just a little too slow. I don't think that that that's works. Too slow. Yeah. Uh, that's like one of those 2K lineups. Like as soon as the trade happens, everyone's like, oh my God, I want to play with the best version of this team. And you yeah. think you just put the highest rated players on a starting lineup and it works out. Not, I yeah, think I don't, I don't think it makes sense. And maybe Jalen and Dante are too good together. 
Yeah, maybe maybe a younger Bogdanovich, but DiVincenzo sure. has 100% flat-out earned the starting shooting guard spot. Like, you don't even consider that unless he starts suddenly shooting, like, 32% or less from three, and he's just not right. the same guy anymore. But yeah. this is this is such a deep team. I mean, we um, we broke it down when the RJ trade happened. You know, you're you're getting a you're improving the starting lineup with OG Ananobi, uh, improving the defense a ton. The trade off is that quickly was kind of the secret sauce, making everything work off the bench. And so the thinking was like, now we elevated our starting lineup, but our reserves aren't the strength that they've been for the last two three years. Uh, ironically, when we had Alec Burks back then, when we had Derrick Rose quickly, the Knicks have always, under Tibbs, had a really, really strong bench. And now we have a really, really strong bench again. Like, you know, could be one of the best in the league. And I thought that that was out of reach when we got rid of quickly. And I thought that the trade-off even then made sense to improve the starting lineup by that much with OG. But now we've we we've given up like three second-round picks, RJ quickly and Grimes and then some players that don't really factor once again to mention it that's Malachi Flynn Fournier shout out yeah. <laughs> shout out again for the last time um <laughs> so it's just like it's a real example of having your cake and eating it too the Knicks not giving up very much and ending up with this extremely deep roster on a team that even though we've been battling injuries as one ten of their last 11 coming off a nine game winning streak everything that could possibly go right is going right. It's like the opposite of Murphy's law that Clyde it, brings up all the time. It, it's really crazy you say that because, like, I feel like, uh, especially on on the pod, like we've been saying for a long time, it seems like Leon Rose's philosophy is he wants to eat his cake and have it too. Like he wants to always do that. And honestly, I, I'll be truthful. Like I've been kind of critical on him for that because I feel like we were kind of like you know tiptoeing the line between mediocre and good. We weren't really drafting. Like that was, that's one of my main complaints about this front office. Like I don't see enough young talent coming in, but I will say this is the most beautiful version of having your cake and eating it too. Where like, I feel like a lot of other front offices try to like tiptoe this line, but aren't able to. And it feels like Leon Rose has been, to be honest, a savant through like navigating this, this NBA landscape. Like it feels like he's kind of bullying people. Like we talk about with guys like Danny Ainge, where like you're looking at a team like the Pistons who are struggling and Leon Rose comes through and just loots them. Like, I don't know what else to say about this besides he like took their lunch money, man. This is, this is a kind of like unprecedented type of trade happening for the Knicks. This is what happens to us. This is what usually like happens to the Knicks. So, I mean, you know, I always ask, we always have to ask, um, after we see moves like this, but what what are your guys' thoughts on Leon Rose thus far? And if you had to give him a grade, what would it be? I mean, oh, what man, can you I was compl- such a skeptic in the beginning that it's just incredible that we are where we are. I'm giving him an A, honestly. Um, maybe that's factoring in the Knicks regimes of the past, but I just have nothing to complain about with Leon Rose. Nailed almost every transaction that he's been involved in. What what can you complain about? The the one thing is maybe Obi Toppin's draft, and like there is the context of that that Obi Toppin was supposed to replace Randall, and Randall probably would have been shipped out, but Randall stepped up. I mean, what what hasn't Leon Rose done right? I'm what hasn't he done right? What hasn't 
what has he done wrong? Whatever. You guys know what I'm saying. He got, he got the right coach for it. He put the right pieces around the head coach. I mean, you go back to Kenny Payne and all those other coaches that he got that kind of set the tone, brought up the culture three, four years ago. You got you got Mike Woodson that came in, and they all went their separate ways, but the culture was still there. The nucleus was built in with Rose and with, um, you know, with, with all the vice presidents that he got over there. And uh, fuck, what's the other, what's the VP's name? I'm blanking, I'm blanking, I'm blanking. Worldwide West. Worldwide West, thank you. Worldwide West. All those guys set up the culture, built up the nucleus. We got the right players. We got Randall, who set who set the tone in his own way. And then you signed Brunson to a very, very team-friendly deal. He got all these doubters. And you know what? Leon Rose got balls. I mean, not that many people were willing to make cap space for Brunson except for Leon. He got he he, he took advantage of his of his history. He took advantage of you know, his his prior role as the president of CAA, and he's done exactly what he should have done. No one would have thought that R.J. Barron uh, and uh, quickly would have been traded. The, the young guns, the future of this team were traded for OG Ananobi and without getting, getting you know, getting highway robbed by by the Raptors. Um, and yeah, man, fucking, fucking A+. And if this works out well, he, he deserves to be exec of the year. I mean, who's done it better than him this season? I absolutely yeah, think I mean, that he should be staunchly in that conversation. Yeah, Tim should definitely be in like coach of the year conversations of like, you know, for integrating some a guy like OG into this lineup kind of seamlessly. And, you know, you saw the Knicks go on the run after they did. But uh, I'm with you guys. I'm definitely on the higher spectrum of this uh, of the scale for the grades. Um, I would say with Leon, like uh, the only mistakes he made were giving like Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks those contracts. And he fixed that mistake take ASAP like he literally fixed it within a season and turned those guys into Jalen Brunson where everyone was like oh my god you know the Knicks traded all this to get the rights to play overpay Jalen Brunson so that's paid dividends but also his like his in-season trades have been flawless he's four for four on in-season trades where you first acquired Derek Rose and that helps the Knicks go on a run I think they had a nine game win streak after acquiring Jack not right after but within the season afterwards Acquiring Josh Hart in the middle of the season, seeing what he did during the the Cavs series and just in general for the Knicks locker room, he's like a staple there. And now the OG another, trade, another streak too. We had a streak last year after the Hart trade. It, 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 we had another streak again after this OG trade. So it seems like Leon Rose is really does really know what he's doing. I'm just gonna be just a little critical in terms of the only reason I would give him an A minus as opposed to an A or an A plus is. I want to give him that grade when he gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, like for an A grade, or if he acquires that superstar, which he's primed to do. That's why an A minus is like a ninety, man. You know, A A is between a little higher, and then the A plus is like a hundred. So I want to give him that A when he comes to him, and then when he, which I really for once do believe he could win a title, give him that A plus grade that he's earned, and. The way he's like ranked up is incredible. I remember times where I was like, you know, he's doing really good, but he doesn't have the hardware. So I want to give him a B minus. But without the hardware, I'm saying definitely A minus for him right now. And I really think this offseason he could pump it up to an A, possibly even an A plus if if things shake the right way for the Knicks. A little uh, bit of luck. Yeah. I want to quickly defend Alec Burke's honor. You said that signing him and Noel to those deals uh, was a mistake. I remember how disappointed we were that that happened at like the start of free agency. Uh, but Alec Burks ended up being well worth that contract. Like he, he was Fair. maybe even a bargain on that deal. Nerlens Noel did it completely forget how to catch the ball. Like we didn't, I didn't know you guys during the Nerlens Noel era, but that was like one of my 
biggest ongoing shticks is I just could not <laughs> handle watching Nerlens Noel bobble every single pass. Yeah. Uh, but shout out to him. Now we're talking about Nerlens Noel, so we're off topic. But that time when Mitchell Robinson was injured and he had to step in and play big minutes, the guy was blocking everything. Yeah, <laughs> he had like that one period that Mitch was hurt that just everyone kept trying to dunk on him for some reason and everyone was getting swatted. And that's Listen, why he got the con- contract. Yeah. For continuity's sake, I like the contracts. It's just like you gave Tibbs like we no point guard and he like the Kemba year and then he had to stand, start Alec Burks at point guards. I agree a, a wholeheartedly. I feel like Alec Burks is definitely, if anyone hates him, kind of overhated by Knicks fans if there are a lot of haters, but he didn't deserve it. He was not... Yeah. I think it was just collateral yeah. damage that we all wanted quickly to be playing point guard. And yes. I remember hating that period of time because I was a really big Alec Burks fan. He's actually one of my favorite Knicks ever. Uh, randomly he played enough. well as I a starter, to game. be honest. I absolutely like... love his game. And then when he was starting at point guard over quickly, I was like, oh, man, they're throwing him to the wolves because now everyone's going to be mad at him. It's not his fault. He's obviously not a point guard. Like This guy's just a bucket. He's a silky, smooth bucket. Shoots a really a high wh- percentage from three. We don't have a lot of guys who can, you know, when all else fails, just hit a pull-up mid-range shot. Like, we we need that. You need to have that. It's a really smart player. I used to really like that he just hooped in all black Nikes. Like, <laughs> every single game, he would just wear black on black, regular-ass Nikes. Uh, I just love Alec Burke's game. Big Shot Burks, Burke and Bag Burks, bringing, bringing those back. Bogdanovich is going to have to get a nickname soon. I can't. We can't just be calling him Bogey because that's what they call Bogdan Bogdanovich right. also. I think that Knicks fans are going to love Boyan. Knicks uh, fans are creative, man. There's, they'll find some way to to hype him up in the Garden, man. Like, I just don't know how you can watch the Garden as a as an outside player and see like Knicks fans chanting MVP for Jalen Brunson, getting him emotional. Uh, chance for OG, you know the, the the culture that they have as as a fandom. Like, it must be crazy from the outside looking in, like seeing what what Knicks fans are celebrating. And you know, we're talking about all this depth. We're talking about, you know, what the Knicks have starting lineup one to nine. It feels like just a few years ago, the Knicks fans were watching like draft night and seeing that little graphic that comes up that says what the Knicks need, everything, starters and bench. Like we've come such a long way since then. And like, as a fan, I just want to say like, Knicks fans should take a second to appreciate what we have in front of us. Let's just smell the flowers because they smell rosy as hell right now, man. It smells great. It feels great to be a Knicks fan. Yeah, at, at full strength, our first five off the bench, and I, I tweeted this point earlier, is a better starting lineup than the team that I rooted for for many of the years I've been a Knicks fan. Yes. So we're talking Deuce McBride, Alec Burks, Josh Hart, Bogdanovich, and Isaiah Hartenstein. That's a, that's a good starting lineup. Like That's a good cohesive starting lineup. Good uh, comparing it to you know when we were always looking at 18 to 28 wins. But that right there, like that starting lineup could get you to 30 wins maybe. So um, this is just, it's just incredible. <laughs> and one point I want to make, like it's not even a hot take to say that Jalen Brunson and DiVincenzo are the best shooting backcourt in the league right now because they have been. Like maybe it doesn't hold, maybe it's not the case next year, but they have been the best point guard, shooting guard, starting duo at shooting the three-pointer this season. Now we could put next to them in a lineup, Alec Burks, and Boyan Bogdanovich, or OG and Boyan Bogdanovich. We could have four 40-plus percent shooters on the court at the same time. With Around Jalen Brunson. Yeah, around Jalen Brunson with your choice of the Knicks two. The Knicks also have, like, two of the 
five, six best defensive centers this year. Yep. So they're just checking every box. They're superstar point guard, defensive two defensive player of the year level centers, shooters galore, the best of perimeter defender in the league in OG. I'll say that comfortably too. Yeah. A strong bench. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense how this happens. The vibes are immaculate, as as you know, oh, Jalen no, Brunson has said multiple times. Um, you know, through all this, I hope you guys got a chance to check out our guys. Is uh, you know, Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart. They just started that podcast, the the roommate show. I went to the gym today. Fire, fire! Yeah. Like it's so crazy how Jalen Brunson is just the everyday man in the most cool, like, you know, it, it feels weird how normal of a person he is, but then you watch the pod and realize like, it's like, I knew it wasn't a shtick, but seeing it, it's not a shtick. Like this guy is just everyday man, like such a good representation of New York and like their friendship. So glad to have that on our team. And like that friendship that they have with Dante, like I fully agree. Like the Knicks should be starting these two guys and Villanova. And I mean, like, I think, I think they have a good culture going with, with the core that they have. I don't think that the Nets can keep our hands off of Mikhail Bridges. Uh, he's the next guest on the <laughs> And I'm just saying, like, Knicks are a contender of sorts, low-level contender, whatever you want to call them. Like, they're solidly in that mix now. And they're going to go into the offseason with seven or eight tradable first-round draft picks. I just – I don't care what Mikhail Bridges says publicly. There's no way he doesn't want to be on the Knicks. There's no way he doesn't want to start next to – Jalen Brunson and Dante DiVincenzo on the superior New York team at Madison. Like how sh- how shitty Barclays. do you think he feels to be playing at Barclays Center and having like other teams get like cheers and stuff? And he's just watching his closest boys he won a championship with, just having the fucking time of their lives at the fucking world's most famous arena. That, yeah, that's that's the shittiest feeling, man. It's <laughs> tough. Like the this net situation, who said it the other day? Tim Bontemps from ESPN said, you know, because he attends a lot of the Nets games as media and he said like it's it's kind of a sad state of affairs right now it's like on more nights than not the opposing team is getting more cheers than the nets and we heard mikhail bridges call that out after the knicks played the nets obviously that's going to be the most dramatic example of it is when you know the knicks are in brooklyn but dude yes was interviewing bridges but like the knicks can afford him and he also slots right in he just slides fits perfectly it doesn't it, it has to happen to me that that's still my number one target i mean you got to give up randall at that point probably because otherwise you can't do have you, og like, do you even can you not just trade uh, bogdanovich contract and like four first rounders can you but then you'd, you'd have mikhail at the three then og would have to be at the two but then at that point i mean mikhail's way faster than than boyan so i guess that works team. out yeah so this look, dude's I, definitely calling ryan archidiacono right now on at night yo you in detroit right now he'll be back july 6th <laughs> it's tough know, right it's tough out there he'll be back yo just hire him as an assistant coach man for the vibes <laughs> like you get paid like just chill with us no that that veteran minimum salary is like it's like haslam like you know haslam was basically an assistant coach but that veteran minimum salary like the, the league is i don't know exactly how the work how it works but the league is like paying for a good amount of it, and it's like subsidized by the NBA. So yeah, man, just got the okay, NBA just, paying one just of your bring assistants. Ryan back. I, I never thought yeah. I'd say this. I mean, man scores zero points, but he's just for the vibes, you know. Well, like we a, don't need a, him on yeah. the court. We're good. It's an easy call because Tibbs, like you, you know, the common man does not know who the tenth to fifteenth guy on a Tibbs team is. Like they don't see the court. We could be up twenty five with three minutes left. They're not seeing the court. 
the other day I was watching a game with my brother, Charlie Brown Jr. checked in. My brother was like, who is that? I've never seen that guy before. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's Charlie Brown Jr. He might have like, played no, tonight. I'm, they got, I'm they got eight case of someone who would recognize Charlie Brown Jr. They got eight players. Charlie Brown Jr. might not even see the court tonight. Yeah, no, we got guys like he better play all of them. I'll be I'll be a little miffed if like, come on, this is these guys one chance. This is you know, we have a little rivalry going low key with the with the maps ever since Porzingis went there. And we've been beating them a good amount. I don't know the exact record, but like we've had their number kind of. So we got this super underdog little engine that could squad going up against the Mavs. I'm going to be locked <laughs> in as we're recording this, by the way, that's that this game's going to tip off in seven minutes. And I think we're all looking forward to it. Yeah, real quick. Before... I saw DiVincenzo's over-under on points was 27 and a half. <laughs> real quick before we wrap up, um, you guys mentioned uh, the minimum salary. And, you know, the Knicks do have a biannual exception to add to that minimum salary uh, in the buyout market. Are there any players that you guys think that the Knicks could add? Like, I know what you mentioned, like, uh, it doesn't really look like there's space in the rotation, even for guys like Deuce and um, Precious Achua, like at the moment. But like uh, when you have that money, it's either, you know, it's use it or lose it. So uh, I can always see the Knicks adding on through the buyout market, which feels like it's a little bit more robust than usual because a lot of young guys are not making their contracts like uh, and and on available to get at a price a little bit above the minimum salary due to that biannual exception. Yeah, I can't think of anybody. But Robin Lopez is on the buyout market, and he has a tendency of going to teams that just don't need him at all. Like when he was still quite good, maybe three years ago, he just went and signed with the Magic when they already had Wendell Carter and another center whose name I'm blanking on. But I think we've got 14 guys under contract. I don't think it's super necessary to make another signing here. I was really into the idea of if Gordon Hayward got bought out, he ended up getting traded for assets like for Trey Mann and, and other stuff to the Thunder, which I think is a good pickup for the Thunder. Yeah, but I, I mean, don't think the Knicks need any more. And I think another thing we wanted to break down is the, the picks that the Knicks own this year. So we've got it written in our notes here. That's Detroit first rounder, Washington first rounder. Those are protected in ways where they absolutely won't convert. It's like top eight protection, top 10 protection. So those are going to just slide over to another year. I don't want to hear about those picks ever again after like July, <laughs> August. I want them gone. I want them traded for a yeah. superstar. I'm tired of hearing about these picks. We used to have that Charlotte pick. I just, these protected picks, I don't like following. Are they going to convey? Are they not going to convey? When do they just become two second rounders? Uh, but we still got our own pick and we've got the Mavericks pick, which is likely to convey. And we got all our picks going forward. So even those picks that we're not going to get this year, we could still trade them. They still are first-round picks just out there in the ether. I think we also have like a Bucks first-rounder next year or something. Like there's a few more Bucks first-rounder. Yeah, there's a few more picks that we have available. But like you said, like the Detroit and Washington picks most likely won't convey. So I I hope they're out. I've been I actually thought like they would get rid of them in the trade deadline. But hey, more power to you. That's just like a little sprinkle. We're using those like second-round picks now. Like. Hey, this is a sweetener deal. Take this fucking first round pick off my hands. Enjoy those picks over in Brooklyn. Those are those are going to Brooklyn. Mikhail, <laughs> we're only going to give up. I just I don't know. Time. I don't really see the Nets and Knicks making a trade, but I would love to have Mikael Bridges on this team. Like beggars can't be choosers. The Nets got to just do something. But they apparently Bob's, Bob's are. are the sort of immaculate there. What are they Dude. doing? They traded. They traded Spencer Dinwiddie for Dennis Schroeder. They got Ben Simmons back in the mix. 
They're just they, uh, not, they had apparently they apparently had two first round picks offered to them for Dorian Finney Smith, and they said no. And I was yeah. like, huh? Like so that's why now they sold him for um they sold on Royce O'Neal for a couple seconds. Like they had a lot but, of guys. They had a team that was not better than the sum of its parts. Like they had a lot of guys that teams want. Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney Smith, just role players all around that teams would want and at the peak of their value the nets just didn't move those guys and now they end up swapping dimity for schroeder a couple second rounders they've had an abysmal record for the last month or so so yeah for that villanova connection that we probably will end up getting from mikhail bridges like one of the targets i do have on this like market is kyle Lowry. i know a lot of people are like oh kyle Lowry's is not that great and like what has he really gave to Miami and whatnot? But the only reason I kind of want him is because it's a shiny new toy. Like, we don't have to do anything with him. It's cool to just say Kyle Lowry was a Nick. And the cool thing that the Knicks, because they've been so frugal with their cap space and within the lines, um, they have that biannual exception. And according to Ian Begley, they could also offer more years to a guy like Kyle Lowry. Uh, so if, if they're... If they are going up against Philadelphia, who wants to add him like another contender, we could say, no, we don't want you guys to have him. We'll just take him instead because we know how annoying he is. And the Knicks are in that position. And, you know, if you can't get a Villanova guy in Mikhail Bridges, we could get one of the old school Villanova guards with Kyle Lowry. And, you know, he, yeah. he I feel like a locker room vibes, like he's just like Brunson where he's just taking charges, kind of acting a fool. Like, you know, I, I could vibe with that. Yeah, some yeah, championship I mean, pedigree that he could just bring yeah. to the bench. You know, he's been to the playoffs. A some experience times. with OG Ananobi. Yeah. Just realize that. There you go. Yeah. I just think that he's 100% a sixer. I think them moving I, I get that Bev to the Bucks. Lowry's going to get bought out if he hasn't already. I'm not sure about that yet, but I think he's going to end up there. But yeah, I would have... I would have taken him on the Knicks just for depth. Like, if it was 2K, absolutely. Like, even if he was rated <laughs> 71 only now i'll be like that's kyle lowry like you know, we're gonna go in a check i'm gonna get kyle lowry but yeah i think even if it's not the sixers i think he's probably got opportunities where he's gonna play more i think because like tibbs you know we didn't think this coming in but tibbs was willing to bench a veteran like he benched derrick rose derrick rose wasn't even bad when he got benched tibbs was just like i need to do what's best for the defense and the overall quality of the team d rose like guys with pedigree get benched by tibbs d rose fournier but yeah, I, logistically, it would probably make more sense to add a big man in the rotation because, like, Jericho Sims could or could not be. Like, I know he's played good minutes, but how much do you really trust him and with the injuries and whatnot? But I guess it was just, like, one of the 2K funny moments. I was like, Kyle Lowry is a Nick? That's another trivia. Like, where did Kyle Lowry play? <laughs> Apparently, he was on the Knicks for a bit. So, But I, I do agree. I, I he The reunion of going back to Philadelphia has been looming over Kyle Lowry since his time in Toronto. And it feels like... He's going to retire soon. He probably wants to do it close to home. He's going to have one of those screenshots. Like when you see Shaq wearing a Celtics jersey or T-Mac wearing the Knicks jersey, just (laughs) (laughs) shit that just looks out of place. It's Kyle Lowry in the Knicks jersey. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yo, some of the kids will see him in a Rockets jersey. Kyle Lowry's like, it's out there like a jersey edit with Kyle Lowry Knicks because we used to be in negotiations. It was like Iman Shumpert and a first round pick for Lowry. And Lowry ended up having like an all-time career after that. Mm-hmm. Should have done it. At the time, I was like, hell no, stay away from Iman Shumpert. Yeah. Iman Shumpert was our young bull in a room full of like seniors. It's like Deuce kind Everybody of right was- now. I see a tweet where someone was like, Deuce on the bench, Deuce and Sims on the bench while the rest of the Knicks are talking about starting families and like their yeah. 401k <laughs> and shit. <laughs> and then this Deuce dating a Brazilian supermodel just chilling. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, I seen him like pull up in the tunnel with a with a girl, and I was like, "Dude, I wasn't familiar with your game." 
I mean, he's been hitting. He's been hitting the three since then. He's only hitting threes on the court, though, not not off the court. <laughs> yeah. All right, this game is going right. started. Yeah, I think we more than covered this. <laughs> I want to do one last quick shout out because in the midst of this whole trade, the the news of the dunk contest kind of just fell under the radar oh, yeah. because our own Knicks player, well, <laughs> Westchester Knicks player, and sometimes you know. Nick's, Nick's rotation player. Probably. Yeah. Jacob Toppin is in a slam dunk contest. Yo, I, had, I had to double check that. I'm like, yo, is he in the Westchester dunk contest? Nah, I mean, this man is in the full time NBA All Star weekend dunk crazy. contest. So hopefully he goes crazy. I'm sure he can outperform Obi. Definitely will outperform Jericho Sims. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to that. Because that, so- we, we got Jalen Brown and we got Matt, you know, Matt McClung, the, the reigning defending champion. Coming back, and then the fourth guy from Miami. It's so funny you say that. I literally am in like one of these big like Knicks chats, and someone said Jacob Toppin legacy game tonight. So <laughs> we'll see what we get. All right, I think that wraps up this episode of Nickish. We appreciate you guys checking it out. Make sure you follow follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish NYC, and check out our website nickdashish.com. Cop yourself some Nickish gear today. Uh, and yeah, that was a great trade today. Until next time, take care. Peace.